Hey everyone, the guys are back together this week with a lot to go over. They'll cover another controversy with the NFL officiating, potential coaching changes, and they'll get Jeff's take on the MVP race. They'll break down the playoff pitcher from every angle, including all the playoff clinching scenarios heading into week 18. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, we are about to find out what's going on, everybody. We are back back together better than ever for the week 16 edition week 17 excuse week 17 me, yeah. of the what do they know podcast nick and jeff our co-host is finally back after two weeks off made it back healthy so that's all good how was your trip man yeah it was fun good. um obviously my sister got married and i was telling you uh about it um so obviously that's always a joyous time with family and whatnot yep. but um got to walk her down the aisle so that was awesome uh, honor and a privilege for that awesome but, um so yeah, she's no longer my problem. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a win. That's a win. <laughs> That's a win. Yep. Awesome. Well, good. So we are going to dive in. We have a full show, I think, a full agenda. So we'll, we'll dive in with top stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have a couple things you want to talk about. I'm going to kick it off just going over. Once again, the NFL referees are in the spotlight. I hate starting our show with this, but right. I feel like it was such a big call again this week um so for those who may not have seen the saturday night game the 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 lions at the cowboys um under a minute left uh detroit had just scored to go they were down 20 to 19 decided to go for two point conversion Mm -hmm. go for the win they ran um basically a trick play to where they ended up throwing it to one of their linemen who is technically not usually eligible to catch a ball um he caught it it was good they were going to win and then the you know the the referee the head ref is saying that he didn't report right. Um, obviously, the lion sideline broke out and was livid. Um, you can see him walk up to the to the ref and you know obviously say something. The ref make makes eye contact with him. Mm-hmm. Um, ends up being a five yard penalty. They have to redo the try. They don't get it. They lose by one point. Right now after the game, what what makes it worse in my opinion is is Dan Campbell, the head coach, said that he talked to that whole referee crew prior to the game, the, the head referee, his name's Brad Allen, um, told him specifically about that play and everything that went into it. Right. Um, and the refs still got it wrong. Now, what they said is that, so number 68 is the one who caught the pass, the one who technically should have reported as eligible. Right. The ref said that number 70 is the one that reported. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been reporting all game, apparently, which you could argue was part of Detroit's plan to kind of set that play up mm-hmm. was have 70 report all game long. Deception and then, that, you know, and, yep. and when they actually want to use it, they have somebody else report as eligible to kind of throw off the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you hear that, you know, they, they, they briefed the referees on it. And then you hear both number 70 say, I didn't say anything. He was much more colorful, colorful than that, but, but right. he essentially said, I didn't say a word. Right. And then you hear, um, 68 i can't i think his last name is decker Mm -hmm. um say that hey i did exactly what my coaches told me to i walked up to the referee and i said report right um so somebody is lying right right and and i think that's the thing is like referees are human referees make mistakes but just own it right like look because basically what everybody's saying is that because 70 was reporting all game long he just naturally assumed that even though he was making eye contact with the person he didn't take the time to look down and say, Hey, this isn't 70. This is 68. This is somebody different. Mm. And so people are human, but I think number one for me is, is own it. Right. But number two, I mean, I, I can say people make mistakes, but at some point like the referees just got to be better. 
Right. And, and for me personally, I'll let you give your, your take on it in a minute. But for me personally, it is I know that every single time there's a big call or a missed call, you have those people that you see on social media that say, well, the NFL's rigged. They clearly want this team. And, but they, but we Vegas. laugh, we laugh, but Vegas they, home. but they mean it. Like those right. people mean it like, Oh, the NFL is clearly rigged. No. They want such and such team to be in the, in the championship, blah, blah, right. blah. And I'm just so sick of that narrative. Like the people that think that like that the NFL could actually be rigged that extensively where people are deciding games refs, like it, there's just so much that goes into this product to think that mm-hmm. I think is just ridiculous, but it's stuff like that that does not help my case or does not help the case of people who think that the NFL is legitimate. Right. And then you have all these spreads and all of a sudden, oh, well, how did Vegas know it was going to be exactly 5.5 and it's a 5 point uh, <laughs> turnout somehow. Right. So, I mean, I, I understand the narrative because uh, obviously there's little, I guess, co- coincidences that happen like like the refs. Um I guess determining the outcome of games such as this game. Um, honestly, yeah, we're all human. It's, but at the same time, these are professional referees that get paid thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to per game, to, per game. Yeah, uh, just do the job that they do. And this is week seventeen. It's like it's week one. It's not like it's a preseason game. It's not. It's week seventeen, and the playoffs are about to get ramped up. Just just like with uh with the team, you'd think you'd have some sort of flow. You'd have some sort of um, I, I guess um routine for to at least know that hey these guys have been coming up to me and reporting as eligible and eligible but each play is different especially with the the way nfl schemes are are composed of these days and built these days you know things are going to be coming up the wazoo that is going to be a little unexpected so to to just uh, assume that number 70 is coming up to you to report again that's uh, that's a big no-no in in my book so um obviously this is I i feel like this is the first time i've heard of a referee crew being downgraded though. So, well, I was, so what I was going to say next is they are the same crew that got just crucified mm-hmm. the Sunday night game. They were the, the, the uh, chiefs at the Packers the Sunday right. night game where, and I admittedly didn't watch that game, but apparently there was a pass interference call that was blatant one way or the other mm-hmm. and wasn't called. Yeah, I think um, it was the, the de- defender basically jumping on the back of the receiver, yeah. um, a Packer against a chief receiver. Yep. So this crew has been in the spotlight before. Right. And, and you know, we talk about people saying that it's fixed or whatever, but there was also big ramifications to this. Mm-hmm. So if Detroit had won, they would have at, they would have locked up at minimum the number two seed. Right. And if they had won, they would have still had a chance to lock up the number one seed. You know, they needed San Francisco to lose, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. now... That's a non-factor. Right. Now they are slated to be the number three and they need to win this week and they need the Cowboys and the Eagles to both lose. Um, you know, yeah, because a lot trickier of a situation. It, it, it's way trickier. It was it was pretty, you know, black and black and white. Um, right. If you win, you get the number two. Right. Um, and now now that, you know, yeah, in the end, they might be going to at, Dallas. Correct. To- <laughs> correct. So it essentially it cost them at least two, two home two. game versus one. Right. Um, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So again, I hate starting our show with that. I think, you know, the referees get enough slack, but when it's stuff like this and it's continuously, you know, a talking point mm-hmm. nationwide. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, obviously as fans, we want the players to, to determine the outcome of right. the games and the referees are just there to like, I guess, maintain chaos and maintain order and stuff like that. But it, it's definitely gone to a point. I, I feel like, especially NFL refs 
and I understand the the speed of the NFL is pretty intense. It's pretty rapid. Um, but at the same time, it, <laughs> I'd probably take half the money and I'd probably dedicate myself throughout the entire year just learning the NFL uh, um, rules and regulations and stuff like that. That I mean, you're getting paid a hefty amount to to make sure you're doing your job. And, <laughs> and I mean, there's a lot of people out there that do bet on games and that's that's a reality of it. And that just creates even more chaos because, like you said, as we touched base on it, all of a sudden people are calling out rigged rigged games right. and whatnot. So right. it, it's not a good luck for the NFL. Um, but I, I I honestly hope the refs kind of get held more accountable um, going forward. I know I, I feel like they have a union that, that's they do. purely referee. They do. That's probably what contains uh, a lot of the punishment. But um, at this point, yeah, I hope – this whole downgrade is a message to all the refs that hey, we're we're it's, we're looking. It's good, right? It's the first time we've seen anything. Because right. we've talked on this show before about how the NFL players are he- held to such a high standard. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, if they spike the ball the wrong way or wear the wrong colored socks or whatever, they're getting fined. They're getting a penalty. Right. Where a ref can make a decision that that costs a game one way or the other, and nothing happens. Exactly. So this is the first time we've seen it. Yeah. Um, which is I I, f- I think a step in the right direction. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, so the other one I wanted to talk about before, I know you have a a story that you want to discuss, and this is kind of just something, something more to keep an eye on, Mm -hmm. um, that I thought was interesting that it came out this week that, um, Jim Harbaugh, who is the coach of, of the Michigan Wolverines, who, um, as of this second, just went to the college football championship. Yep. They just stopped in real time. They, they, that just happened. (laughs) They just stopped. Um, So Michigan's going to the college football championship. Um, but he just hired an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, who has heavy ties to the NFL. Right. Um, and so it's been speculated pretty much all season with all the his suspensions, all the stuff he's been, you know, had going on in the college football circles um, that he would be coming to the NFL next year. And I feel like that pretty much solidifies that J- Jim Harbaugh is going to be in the NFL next year. Right. Yeah. I mean, he... What was his first stint in San Francisco? San Francisco. For, and it was successful. Right. Four or five years. Four or five years. That's his yeah. thing, though. That's his reputation. Is like he, he comes in. He's a hard nosed coach. Everybody loves playing for him for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. and then he just wears out his welcome <laughs> because he's like he's that way, right? And yeah. so this kind of it kind of fits with the timeline, um, especially when you talk about everything that happened in Michigan this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with him, with him, with him going to the NFL. So I'm really curious. You know, I, I think t- tons of teams will be lining up to get him as I've he heard, should. I've heard Vegas. I've heard apparently and I didn't read this, but I heard that um, the agent specifically that he hired had has heavy ties to like the Las Vegas Raiders organization, which I think that Antonio Pierce should win that job mm-hmm. based on, the you know, how he's done so far. But right. and I, I've talked about it on the show already. I would really like to see him go to the Chargers. And, mm-hmm. and have and have Justin Herbert and see what he can do there. Right. I mean, in terms of the Raiders, obviously Antonio Pierce kind of reminds me of like a Dan Campbell, the, the hard nosed, gritty yep. type of football coach that's going to hold you accountable. Yep. Um, just surround him with good coordinators and um, let the coordinators kind of uh, determine the how you how you scheme offensively and let your head coach be that leader of the football team more so than the schematic person. Um, so Antonio Pierce, I feel like is that guy whether the Raiders go that route. Uh, I'm not sure, but I feel like Antonio Pierce at least has done enough to warrant a job somewhere uh, in the NFL. Agreed. Um, as for Harbaugh, 
obviously I feel like he, <laughs> he's the opposite of his brother <laughs> who has a very longev- long, uh, proven longevity in uh, Baltimore. Yep. And obviously Baltimore has the number one seed there. But, um, I mean, Harbaugh, I, f- I feel he's a really good coach. Uh, honestly, if, if you want to get to the top, you're going to have to get pushed a little bit. Yep. And I feel like Harbaugh is the type of coach to do that. No doubt. He's been to a Super Bowl. Um, he lost to his brother, didn't he? He did. Yep. yep. Back when Colin Kaepernick was Ravens and Niners. That's right. So, I mean, he, he has the pedigree to, to to lead your team somewhere. Um, it's it's not like you're it's some unknown or something. Um, but, yeah, in terms of Harbaugh, I'd, I'd definitely be wanting the Saints to look at him uh, personally. Yeah, yep. I, I don't doubt it. Yep. I don't doubt it. Yep. So, curious to see what happens there. Obviously, now they're moving on to the championship. So, I mean, shoot, if he wins – Next Monday in the champion, that would be a perfect way to leave. Right. Quite honestly, right? Leave on top. Uh-huh. So we'll see what happens. Right. What do you got for us? So this week I got the Bears on the clock. Okay. So that's that's my n- number one story. Via Carolina. Via Carolina. So Carolina, they lost. Cardinals won. Um. So that locked up the Bears as the number one overall pick now. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that pick. Yep. Um. Obviously, they have Justin Fields there at quarterback. Who's played pretty well the last few weeks? Honestly, I, I, I want Justin Fields to be in it's, Chicago. I, if, I, I feel like Chicago. An, it's such an interesting situation, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, three, four weeks ago, he Fields is gone and the head coach is gone. Now they're right. what seven and seven and seven nine. nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they got eliminated this week, but not because they lost, because other teams won. Right. And so, I mean, you had the the <clears throat> the fans were literally chanting, "We want Fields." Right. Yeah. I mean, I've. I feel like Fields has kind of shown enough to warrant another another year as the starter there in Chicago. Um, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> to pass on a quarterback two years in a row with the number one pick. I know that. <clears throat> I mean, you got to have you, you got to be one thousand percent sure mm-hmm. that Justin Fields is your guy, right? And I don't think you can be at this point, <laughs> personally. Um, and then, I mean, that creates the other discussion of, is there a quarterback in this draft class that you would take? I mean, obviously, if you listen to the scouts, there are, right. There's several, right. But who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every year that, that happens though. And right. that's why quarterbacks are always taken so high. Right. And I honestly, going into the season, you would have thought Caleb Williams was a lock for the number one overall pick hearing yep. from all the scouts and everyone who's who centered themselves around the draft and college football. But I mean, as the season is gone, I feel like his stock has kind of yep. uh, plummeted a little bit. I agree. Um, and some of these other quarterbacks have kind of risen from, from nowhere. Drake may is still that second, I guess, rated quarterback, yep. even though I don't hear much about him at all. Uh, coming out, right. Coming same. out of North Carolina. Um, so we'll, we'll see there. I mean, obviously you have those two, that were competing for the number one overall pick pre hand, but then all of a sudden you have um, Jaden Daniels from LSU, and you have a couple of others who um, who won the Heisman this year. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Oh, look at that! Yeah. So even better. So Michael Penix um, in Washington, he was a finalist. I remember that. So it's just one of those things where you'll have options, but at the same time, are those options going to be better than Justin Fields, or would you rather take like a Marvin Harrison Jr. wide receiver. I mean, you're you're still going to have what the number, I think maybe a number top ten, ten yeah, pick, top ten pick. There. Yeah, you can either do what you did last year, trade down, and and just keep piling assets forward um, until until it pays off 
uh, when that pays off, that'll be up to the GM to decide when to pull the trigger on all the, all those uh, assets. Um, but it, it's, it's a fascinating situation. I personally would stick with Fields um, in Chicago. I, mean, I think I think you're in the minority on that. Am I? I think so. Mm. Just based on what I'm reading, and and, and at mm-hmm. least at least with my thoughts as well. Right. I don't know. I mean, who knows? The, if the if the fans say one thing, but I, I I don't know, man. I just think I I feel like Justin Fields has enough arm talent, and he's young enough to to still be potent with his legs. I agree. So I agree. It's just about getting him in the right scheme, like like Baltimore's done with Lamar Jackson. Yep. Um, and getting him the right, I guess, weapons around him, whether that's wide receivers. They said they have DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a stud. Is stud. Yep. Um, he's proven that he can be a number one in that offense with Justin Fields. Um, it's just about building your offensive line and maybe a little bit more talent in the running back position. Um, but Justin Fields, in my opinion, has, has done enough, and I think he would be the answer over – I'd take him over any potential um, – quarterbacks coming off the uh, draft this year it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna dictate really the whole offseason right what he does because you know i heard i was telling you earlier i heard a report yesterday um from an, an nfl reporter i don't remember what his name was or who he was actually associated with but mm-hmm. he tweeted that he saw that he's heard a rumor that the jets are going to try and acquire him as their backup to rogers next year and potentially like the stepping stone after rogers mm-hmm. um and as a jet fan i would love that Right. Not only to have a competent backup, right. but to have a plan going forward. I right. talked about on a couple episodes ago, uh, drafting a guy and having him shadow Rogers. I feel like Fields would be even better than that, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So you know, he's going to dictate the whole offseason because of people people that want a quarterback. Are they going to draft? Are they going to trade for Fields? It, I mean, it all starts with what Chicago is going to do and how right. they value how right. they value him. So right. It's, it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, that's going to be, I guess, the next step is what what you trade. If you're going to trade, if you're going to move on from Fields, what do you trade him for? Like, yeah. well, what is his worth? Is, is, <laughs> right. is it a first round pick? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. So it's, players are like picks are like used cars. As soon as you drive <laughs> them off the lot, right. they lose their value. Yep. As soon as you pick so, a player, as soon as, a, as soon as a player is actually associated to that pick, mm-hmm. you lose their value. So exactly. even though you used a, a number one, Mm-hmm. on him right you're not going to get a number one in return exactly. in my opinion in my opinion right no so like so um, say chicago drafted caleb williams number one right now they could try to trade and they could trade that number one overall pick for an entire draft class yes as soon as they dra- they draft caleb williams they will not get an entire draft class for caleb williams Correct. so that that's always been odd to me yep so but to me justin fields would probably i mean obviously everybody knows the situation Chicago is in where they have that, this predicament. So if there's any indication where they're going to move on from Their Justin Fields, be ringing like crazy. Yep. And I'm curious to see if there's going to be some sort of, I guess, um, face off uh, with, with other organizations trying to trade for Justin Fields. And that's going to drive his stock up. Or if they're going to be like, Oh, he's going to move on from Chicago's going to move on from Justin Fields anyway. So that drives his stock down. Yep. So it, it, it it'll be interesting as for the jets thing. I, I find that, no offense to you, but I find that as like a, a a bad fit because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers isn't mobile in Justin Fields' sense. Um, obviously, he's an older quarterback. I feel like it's just two different, schematically different offenses. Where I feel like I've seen that sort of thing play out, and as soon as that backup co- comes in, they'd have to change it. They'd have to change percent. everything I in agree. that I agree. offense. 
And obviously, as soon as he comes in, he's going to look terrible. If, say, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, hurt mid-game or something. Yeah, let's not speak that. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> talking about possibilities. I've, I've, dealt <laughs> I'm, 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 I've dealt with that enough this season. You know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not hearing that next I'm, season. I'm not jinxing anything, but I'm just talking about possibilities. If, if he goes out mid-game, Justin Fields is going to have to probably force himself to play with the game script that they had for Aaron Rodgers, yep. and that's just not his game. Right. So, obviously, it'll take a little bit. A little bit of time to readjust but how much how much time do you have especially in that afc east where the bills and the and the dolphins you, you don't have a lot of i guess time uh, or a lot of games to lose uh before you're out of out of the thick of it real quick in that division yeah but yeah i mean that that whole interesting uh conversation is going to be definitely uh consistent throughout the off season yep agreed yep all right, so the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the playoff race um, is just a really kind of interesting topic that I had last week that we ended up putting out on social media and got a lot of interaction um, this week. So thank you for thank you all for that. And um, that's just the MVP race. Right. Um, were you, did you listen last week? Did I you did. listen to my opinion? I did. All right, so start by telling me what you thought or what you thought and then what you're what you currently think. And, and you know, who, so yeah. so, yeah, I, I feel like you're right on it with like the NFL. MVPs kind of become a QB award. And I feel like that's, I feel like it's a combination of two things. Writers being a little bit lazy because they're just like, oh, it's the most important position on the field. Let's just give it to the person who produces the most on that position. And bam, wham, jam. I agree. I'm done. I agree. So it's a little bit of that laziness. And also, I guess the difficulty it is to compare stats from different positions. Yep. Um, Obviously, a wide receiver is, it's tough to, make an argument for him like you did for Tyreek Hill because he's so dependent on the quarterback. Yep. So at that point, if what if it's the roof receiver get putting up these stats, well, obviously someone's passing on the ball. So it becomes the Q- QB um, with running backs, especially like in McCaffrey's case, who re- receives the ball a lot. Once again, who's passing the ball to QB. I feel like that's the whole, like what comes first argument, the chicken or the egg. Exactly. Is it, is, is the, the wide receiver dependent on the quarterback mm-hmm. or is the quarterback dependent on the wide receiver? Right. So it's really, it's, and, and somebody on social media said this, this week, it's completely subjective. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no guidelines. There's no rules. Right. That show what the MVP, like what you have to do to win the MVP. And so it's always going to be your opinion. There's always going right. to be 17 million answers from people. Right. Because it's completely subjective. And this brings me to my argument where I'm starting to feel like the MVP is kind of flawed is the word itself, because all of a sudden we're trying to we have awards now that have say that this is the best offensive performer. This is the best defense. And this is the best overall talent or yep. whatever. Yep. Like, obviously, we do this things during the ESPYs, best athlete of the year or whatever. Yep. Um, so. With the MVP, it, it becomes sort of, I guess, it, because of the difficulty to adjust and, and read different stat lines and compare and say what's what's better than this. It, that's why it's become kind of that lazy QB award yep. type of thing. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I can't necessarily flock on the on the media too, too much for doing that. But at the same time, it, I... I personally was like looking at defensive players, yeah, ju- just to like put someone Throw defensively. In there. Yep, yeah, yep. Because I honestly, you look at top defensives, you see, you see, um, you know, you joke about that, right? But like Miles Garrett. People, I was like, just gonna say, I want a Miles lot of people Garrett. on a national media, ESPN radio, they talk about Miles Garrett a lot. I love Miles Garrett. Like MVP, like I feel like MVP should transcend stats and be more 
looked at closely of like who's the the vocal leader or the the leader on the field for for this team obviously you you went on to how um jim your dad Mm -hmm. um goes on about what what does this team look like without that player yep and i feel like leadership is a huge role when it comes to mvp awards but at the same time mvp when that sort of thing doesn't show up on stat lines so you can't really numerify it um so it's hard to it becomes subjective again it becomes well how important really are they um so it's one of those things where i i'm starting to hate the mvp award yeah because it's it's, it's, kind of annoying yeah it is especially this year because i feel like it's it's been different from years past where literally every single week it's changed right there's no guy is right every single week is somebody different yeah and i mean like it's terrible because every season you go into into this into the season with your favorites and then you kind of stay on there until someone proves you wrong and then all of a sudden as soon as you jump ship you're jumping ship all over the place like who 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 had the hot week this week all of a sudden you're on that ship and it's it's just one of those things where i'm not a fan of that especially especially when i'm trying to look at every single player individually and 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 find who is actually making the difference for their team yep um on and off the field type of thing but for me right now i i personally would love to give it to mccaffrey um in terms of what we're valuing now um simply because i know you you have him as like a system plug and play type of thing i i think mccaffrey kind of transcends the the running back position in in a certain way certain way I don't think there's another running back in the NFL that uh, matches his skill set, really. Um, to me, McCaffrey, especially with that touchdown streak, it just shows how how much that offense runs through him mm-hmm. uh, in a way. So, uh, so here's my argument to that. And mm-hmm. I was, so I was thinking about that throughout this week because, you know, we put this out on social media and I got a little bit of a flack for it. And that's fine. Uh, I'm always right, about, right. I'm always good for a respectful conversation. I have no problem with that. Right. But I got a little bit of heat for for using the system word oh. with San Francisco with with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Right. Now I was thinking about it with McCaffrey because I was like with McCaffrey specifically. With, right. With Purdy, I'm sorry you can't convince me that he's the MVP. I, mean, I yeah. love Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me. Right. McCaffrey, I was kind of like, mm, okay, like I'm teetering on maybe maybe I overstepped. Maybe I you know wasn't wasn't exactly my best take. And I'm sitting here thinking about it. But then it hit me. Debo Samuel was Christian McCaffrey before mm-hmm. McCaffrey was there. Mm-hmm. He was doing everything that McCaffrey is doing. Obviously, he wasn't playing running back to the extent that McCaffrey was. Right. But he was running the ball a heck of a lot more than he is now. Mm-hmm. He was catching the ball. He got paid because of the year he had right before Christian McCaffrey got there. Right. So that's my point. Is like right. what, like maybe okay. So Debo is not a running back, mm-hmm. but he was still doing what Christian McCaffrey is doing now. Right. In that system. And he was being extremely successful. Right. He was a, like Debo is still a stud, mm-hmm. but he's not what he was two years ago because no. now McCaffrey is in that role. Right. So my point is, I, I, I that's my point with the whole pu- plug and play. Right. Is that if you have a guy that ha- that has the same skill set, Debo, you could argue is very similar to McCaffrey. Right. Like that. That's my whole point. Yeah. The only the only problem is that Debo is a wide receiver and. McCaffrey is a running back and all of a sudden well obviously Debo is a wide receiver you want him outside you want him a little bit in space over there uh, especially in like a wide receiver a little bubble screen or something that's that's where you kind of want him and I mean I, I'm what I would wonder what the adjustment would be to move him all the way to running back and why they never really pulled the trigger on yeah. that even though 
he he was blossoming in that yeah. role. Um, I, I'm assuming there's got to be some sort of reason for that. Uh, he's there, like I said, maybe he's better outside. Maybe he's um, maybe he's faster on the sidelines outside. Pass him. You, you can trust him to run past a, a cornerback. Uh, you don't need to match him against the linebacker every time uh, coming off a wheel route or something. But to me, it's just one of those things where Debo Samuel, yes, he would carry that offense. And I feel like, yeah, if they lost him, then yeah. The, I mean, think about, think about their three-game losing streak. Who yeah. was out? Debo. Debo. Right. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, I, at the same time, yeah, Brock Purdy didn't play his best games. But at the same time, what's the reason for that? Is it just bad games? Is it because of Debo's absence? Trent Williams, which Trent I also Williams. mentioned um, in my conversation on social media, mm-hmm. was because... You know, because the comment was made when when Brock Purdy doesn't play well, they don't play well. They don't win. Right. So basically, he the person was like, they go as he goes. Right. And I kind of rebuttaled with, well, you could argue that it was because Trent Williams and Brock Purdy were out. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, Debo was out. Right. Not because Brock Purdy just didn't play well because he didn't have the pieces. Right. I, the the doesn't play well argument doesn't have much merit to me because it's like, well, the worst player on the team who played well, then also that transcends our defense. Does that make him the MVP? No, obviously right. not. Uh, it, he he plays to the skill level that he, I guess those around him make him to be. So that I guess kind of disqualifies disqualifies him yep. from being MVP because he doesn't elevate everybody else. I feel like I feel like everybody elevates him. Yep. And he, I mean, not not to knock on Brock Purdy because he's taken advantage of every opportunity he's gotten, and he's shown that he's capable of being an NFL starter at this at this level. It's just one of those things where. He he's he's more of a product of the sum around him rather That's exactly than exactly what nope. I said nope. on social media. I said he the, the 49ers are an, an, they're an amazing team, yep. but they're amazing because of the sum of their total parts. Right. Not because of Brock Purdy. Alone. Right. That's yeah. Exactly Brock, what I said. Yep, Brock Purdy doesn't convince me. McCaffrey is a little bit of a different situation for me because he's just I feel like he's just that much more above everybody else at his running back position and how much he can affect defenses. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I guess to counteract myself, I can go back to that week where um, San Francisco blew out Jacksonville like thirty-four to three. Yep, and that's when McCaffrey lost his touchdown streak. Yep. So it's like, well, did <laughs> he it, didn't score did that. It, they did it without him. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So I mean, and he didn't score this week. Right. Exactly. But, I mean, he got injured, but you know, right, a calf injury. Um, but it's, see, this is the sort of things I would, as a voter, I'd probably look more closely into. Like, how much did he affect that Jacksonville defense? How much attention was brought to him? Right. Allowing everybody else to, I guess, roam free a little bit more. Um, allowing plays to go out that way. Like, right. obviously, McCaffrey um, didn't get a touchdown for some reason. I'm pretty sure San Francisco was trying to probably get him that right. touchdown, and Jacksonville just wasn't allowing it. Right. That, that has to be some sort of defensive attention that they're giving to him. So, to me, that's the sort of thing that I look for, and I'd probably look a lot more closely if I was a voter. Um, and that's why I'd, I'd, I'd still argue with McCaffrey um, instead of I know you have Lamar Jackson. I know you wrote your that comment on that social media uh, post about Lamar Jackson. Uh, but for me, I, I just just to end the QB <laughs> uh, oriented yeah. uh, um, accolades there with the MVP, I'd probably go McCaffrey. Yeah. So so for those who may not have seen it, we put it out on social media this week, basically a brief clip of 
you know, my comment last week about the MVP race and how I thought that as of last week, Tyreek Hill was the MVP. Mm-hmm. And I threw out basically four names and we put it out as kind of like a poll. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brock Purdy, McCaffrey, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Tyreek Hill. Who, right. Who's your MVP? Right. And we got a lot of responses. So I really appreciate that. It was probably the most interactive clip or comment, whatever, that we've had mm-hmm. so far this season. So we really appreciate the, the participation. And um, I would say the, the majority... Tyreek got a couple second place votes, mm-hmm. um, but the major, pretty much everybody, it was either um, Lamar Jackson or McCaffrey. Right. Um, there were a couple people that suggested Josh Allen, which actually made me stop and think <laughs> for a few minutes. Uh, honestly, I was like, hmm, like he, you know, he hasn't really been talked about for for several weeks. Right. But if you look at his, you know, what the Bills are doing, you know, he he runs the the ball in, he throws the ball, blah blah blah. So I went and I pulled up his stats, and I'm not going to sit here and read them, but uh-huh. they're not pretty. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're winning games, but like, for for example, against the Cowboys, he had seven completions for 94 yards. Money. Um, this week against um, New England, he didn't have a touchdown. He had 15 yard, excuse me, 15 completions for 169 yards and an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I And I talked about this with my brother-in-law yesterday, who's a diehard Bills fan. I think as much as the running game for Buffalo has drastically helped them as a team, mm-hmm. it's taken Josh Allen out of the flow of what he does. In my opinion, he's not he's not putting up as many numbers and, and as as you know the gaudy stats that he used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, Josh Allen's not in it. I did pause and and say maybe maybe I missed him and I should have considered him in my conversation. But after looking at some of his stat lines, I don't necessarily think that he fits. Well, here. I- I'll read a stat line. Please do. Please, please do. <laughs> so, I mean, with Josh Allen, it kind of reminds me of the Brock Purdy situation that we were just talking about. If if he plays bet, bad, then the Bills play bad. If he plays good, the play, Bills play good. Like, it's just one of those things where you can't say if he plays well, that's why he deserves the MVP. That, that, that conversation or that argument just doesn't flow with me. But Josh Allen, throughout for the year, is at 65.6% um, completion percentage, uh, 39 over uh, a little bit over 3,900 uh, passing yards, 27 TDs, 16 interceptions, 16. Yep. Um, but then you go to his rushing stats. He's got 457 rushing yards, yep. 15 TDs. Yeah, that's crazy. I think he – so what is that, 27 and 15? That's 42 total touchdowns. Yep, 42 so total touchdowns. I think that probably leads the NFL or is pretty, pretty dang pretty close. close. Right. Um, so that he 1,000% has going for him. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know – I don't know. I he's just he's not there for me personally. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand the situation where Josh Allen because he's he's that explosive player. Yep. He's that marketable player. He's transcendent. Yep. He, people love to talk about him yep. one way or the other. Yep. Yep. Uh, he, he's he's paid to watch uh, type of football, and I, and I understand why people want to want to see him play. And and I feel like anything he does. If he does the same thing another quarterback does, he gets more credit for it because he's Josh Allen. Correct. And that, that's how that's how it works um, with marketable players like him. But those sixteen ints, though, it, it, I, I I didn't even look up his fumble fumble losses. But he's got some fumbles yeah, as well. I yep. know he's got fumbles, so he's got he's got a lot of turnovers. Yep. So it's it, always that's that's his thing. So I, my thing is, you can't win an MVP if you're also leading the league in, in turnovers. That that's just that's just going to be a bad. I guess precedent. It just means you, you can be as careless with the ball yep. as as much as you want, as long as some of it leads to explosive plays. So to me, I'd I'd like I said I'd 
go more with McCaffrey rather than Josh Allen. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So as of last week, I was Tyree Kill. As of yesterday, I'm 1,000% on board with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you Jackson personally. Right I mean, you talk about the game he had yesterday, just to kind of put a bow on this MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Five touchdowns, over 300 yards. He had a perfect pass rating, 158.3, against the second-best team in the conference, mm-hmm. at least on paper. Right. Um, we could have that conversation, but on paper, that's the second-best team in the conference, their biggest competition, and they waxed them. Yep, fifty three to nineteen or fifty four to nineteen or something like that. Absolutely yeah, waxed them. Yeah, fifty plus. Um, so for me, I, I'm completely on the Lamar, Lamar Jackson train. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got my vote. You can't convince me otherwise. Right. With one week to go. Yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's half the argument to make against. Um, I mean Jackson has kind of made that offensive uh, scheme that Todd Monken came in input kind of his own. Obviously, he started off a little rough, but he's definitely picked it up during the second half of the season. Um, honestly, I I just love what Todd Monkin was doing and what what the vision he had and how, how he's implemented it. Um, obviously, you look at his wide receivers. I mean, they're, they're good. They're solid, but yep. there's nothing transcendent about an older OBJ um, or inconsistent uh, for, Zay Flowers. Yeah, first year player, yep. rookie, uh, Zay Flowers. Backup uh, tight end. Backup tight end, Mark Andrews. Is, yep. is playing great. Mark Andrews but, got out, but yeah. yep, likely is <laughs> is now now in. Um and then he not to mention they lost their their number one running back week, week one. one. Week one. Week yeah. one. So I mean even with all these parts kind of I guess being in flux or, or playing a little bit inconsistently, he's been the one to lead that team to a number one seed in the AFC. Yep. So as much as I, I like McCaffrey just for the non QB conversation, I, I I have no problem with Lamar Jackson winning the MVP this year. Okay. Glad we're on the same page there. Yep. All right. We are we are almost 40 minutes in and we haven't even talked about the playoff picture yet. <laughs> so buckle up, folks. Yep. Because we got some we got some explaining to do. We got <laughs> some we got some talking to do. Some routes to explore. Um, because we got one one week left. Yep. And next week is gonna be is gonna be a ton of fun. Yep. Um, so just to kind of summarize what has happened so far, um, San Francisco and Baltimore have both locked up the number one seeds. They yep. got the first round by, they got the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, and then other teams that have clinched a playoff spot so far in the AFC, it's only three other teams. You got Miami, mm-hmm. you got Kansas city who won their division yesterday right. and you got Cleveland who is, who has clinched a wild card spot at the, uh, the, what do they have? 10 wins. I think it is 11, 11 wins, excuse me. And then in the NFC, you got, um, Dallas, Detroit, Philly, and the Rams actually clinched yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to obviously the the number one seeds that we already talked about, so right. um, there is still a lot to be decided and a lot of different scenarios um, that can play out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple, you know, we wrote down basically every team's scenario um, <laughs> that we can go over just real quick. It gets a little it overwhelming. Gets, it gets a little overwhelming. Obviously I think the Vikings, they need to win and then they need to have like four, everybody else four teams overall. lose. I didn't, I didn't write that one down. Um, obviously there's, there's several teams where the easiest solution is just winning. You're in. Right. Um, so those teams, I think it's easy to start with that. The bills, they win against Miami. They're in um, Jacksonville. Um, the winner of Texas and Indianapolis, excuse me, the Texans and Indianapolis, mm-hmm. whoever wins that game is in. Nope. Um, so that's going to be fun. And then we have Pittsburgh. So they need a little bit of help. Right. Pittsburgh needs to win and then they need to lose. They need a loss by Jacksonville or Buffalo. Just one of the two. 
Um, and then in the NFC, Green Bay is winning in, which I never thought, you know, going into this season, we would be saying that. Right. Um, the Seahawks, they need to win and they need the Packers to lose. Um, and then the NFC South. <laughs> the NFC South. Yeah, you know, NFC South. I, I texted you about it yesterday, man. This division, I'm just so flabbergasted and confused by trying to figure out who the freak wants to win this division. Um, obviously, the Saints um, pretty handily, you know, they took care of Tampa Bay yesterday. Right. Um, and now it's they're they're both tied. Well, they're both what eight and eight. Both eight they're and both eight. eight and eight, and then Atlanta's seven and nine. Right. So all three teams are technically still in it. Yep. Um, Atlanta so can still win the division, they, which is crazy. Yep. Which is crazy. Um, Tampa Bay, if they win, they're in. Which for them, if they win, they're in. If they lose, they're eliminated because of tiebreakers. They have <laughs> they have no scenario where they lose. Um, and, they're, and, they, and they're get a wild card. Thankfully for them, they're playing Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right. we'll, we'll take that for what it's worth. Right. The Saints are actually, I read this, they're the only, out of the three teams, they're the only one that could um, not win the division and still get in as a wild card team. Yeah. So they got to win, obviously, but then they need um, the Bucks, or excuse me, if 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 they if yep. the Bucks win and they can't win the division, mm-hmm. then the Saints can get in by a win and a loss by both Seattle and Green Bay, which are the two teams ahead of them. Yep. Um, I think, yeah. I, sorry, buddy. Uh, if if Tampa Bay was not playing Carolina, I'd say right. that I really like your chances. Right. Um. Well, see, I remember two weeks ago you sent me a message about Baker Mayfield. About how you were like, oh, my yeah, boy. my boy, Baker Mayfield. Boy. I called this at the beginning of the season, man. Obviously, I didn't call them to win the division, but I thought right. that they were going to have a really good season. Yeah, I thought they were going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah I know. You yeah. picked them last. I picked them last. Be, be last. So, what uh, do they know? Well, well obviously not much. <laughs> but, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, well, just wait till next week. <laughs> and, obviously, you saw the Saints just blow up the yeah. Buccaneers. Yeah. So, it's just one of those things. Like, I've kind of given up trying to figure out the South divisions in both AFC and FC conferences. So I'm like, well, we'll just see it a week to week to week's basis. What, what happens? Um, obviously the saints are kind of reeling from that, that loss. They, they had against the Packers early in the season where they were up like 17 and nothing yeah. going into like the fourth quarter or yep. something like that. So that, that was a bad loss. Um, that would have them in the playoff spot right now. Um, I would have them actually leading the vision right now, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, at this point, yeah, the Packers play who the Bears, correct, and then Seahawks play uh, at Carol. Excuse me, Cardinals? at Arizona. Yeah, Cardinals. Which I actually, I mean, neither so, of those games are, are gimme. So, spoiler alert: my upset this week is the Cardinals over the over the Seahawks Ooh, because that. I mean the Cardinals just came off of a big upset win over the over the Eagles, mm-hmm. um, and so. Kyler Murray, that was his best game this season since he's come back off injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that that's an easy win by, for Seattle by any means. No, ever since Kyler Murray came back, Arizona's not been that that cakewalk that they were when Correct. early in the season. Um, but yeah, that's not a cakewalk for Seattle. Um, obviously, Chicago's picked it back up. Oh, yeah. they're, they're seven and nine. For they're, sure. They're, Justin Fields obviously has he would a lot love to, to prove. play. He would love to play spoiler. Yep, absolutely. Especially against the, uh, the Packers. So, I mean, <clears throat> the outside chance of. NFC South setting two teams. That would be. Can you imagine? <laughs> I feel like it'd be very undeserving, <laughs> but at the same time, it's very possible. So, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, I'm all souped up in my Saints gear. So, yep. I, all season, I've been 
kind of like, uh, I'd rather miss the playoffs if they're just going to be terrible. But you're taking the chance. But I'm taking the chance. Yep. Well, let's get, a, get us in yep. and see what happens. <laughs> so this is where the fan comes out. <laughs> get the four seeds so you can get blown out by Philadelphia. That's or, 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 the, or the Cowboys. Well, pick your poison type yeah. of thing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough, tough in. But at the same time, don't count them out. Don't count them no, out. No, don't just count yet. them out at all. They're yep. playing, their offense is, is playing well. Yep. Especially, not for nothing, they did it pretty easily without any production from Kamara or Olave right. on Sunday. Yep. I mean. To the detriment of my fantasy team. <laughs> I mean, all season, they've, they've had the, the weapons to. Yep. To lose, maybe if if the defense focuses on Kamara or, or Olave, they have the weapons to to make up for that. It's just about getting the schem- the, the schematics all in order, and obviously, it's taken a very long time for for that to get uh, through to everybody. Um, obviously, I don't know if you've heard the reports, but down there, I've heard Dallas Allen is probably going to return next year. So, oh, Derek gosh, Carr, really? yep. The only one who looks like he's going to be fired is uh, their offense coordinator. Okay, which that's what he wanted. Uh, yeah, initially that was that was when I went into the season, like maybe the first quarter of the season. I was like, that's probably what where they need to change. Obviously, they've waited all season to do it. So, and we'll see if if they pull the trigger in this off season if they make the playoffs. Because if they make the playoffs, and all of a sudden maybe they win a game, then yeah. all of a sudden the whole the yeah. whole scenario changes. Yeah. So you never know. Um, but in terms of the NFC, yeah, it's it's going to be a wild ride, especially with, I guess, the Vikings still in it. Um, with 18 quarterbacks that they've played throughout the year. Yep. So I, I I'd be interested to see who they're going to start this week, actually. So I thought they got I thought they gave up on Josh Dobbs way too quickly. Oh yeah, for the for, for sure. what he did for them for the first two games, mm-hmm. he had one bad game, and they benched him. Yep, I was I was shocked by that. Yep, especially considering what options they had behind them. Yep, Nick Mullins and uh, who's the other? Co- I don't even know. Hall. Yeah, something, something, something Hall, Hall. Jared Hall. Jared Hall. Hall Jalen Hall. Something. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's crazy to think about how they they moved on so quickly when they were still in prime position to yeah. get that playoff spot. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they're on the on the same fence of let's see what we got instead of going limping into the playoffs and getting blown out by Dallas or, or Detroit or whoever. So, I mean, I, I can't fault them for that um, mentality, but their fan base will. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell oh, you that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm really curious. You know, you made a prediction at the beginning of the season, which was bold at the time, but looks spot on right now with, you know, the chief saying that the chiefs are going to be one and done. Oh yeah. I am now going on record saying the same thing about the Eagles. With the Eagles, I think they're one and done. Yeah, I think I there's I have zero confidence in them right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, and and this is something that we have talked about all season, mm-hmm. and it's finally I feel like coming to fruition where we have said that their quality of wins are not good. Right. They look like they're scattered. They're just they have no flow. Mm-hmm. They're just and but they're finding ways to win. Right? right, and everybody kind of assumed they'll figure it out. They'll start to look like the Eagles and it's, and it's going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. They, they barely beat the giants on Christmas. Um, they lost to the, to the three win Cardinals right yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was a, it was a, I think a three point loss on paper and oh. it was, it yeah. was way worse than that. The, the score does not show what happened in that game. Right. Arizona dominated that game. Yeah, I think it was four. Had, it was 35, 31. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arizona, <laughs> took it to Philadelphia. They absolutely Philadelphia. moved the ball at yep. will. Kyler yep. Murray had his best game. They had over 400 yards of offense. And so there's nobody 
that I have confidence that the that the Eagles can handle right now in the yeah. first round. Philadelphia, what they what did they start like eight and zero or something? Five. I mean they. I mean or the five Jets, and the Jets beat them. Oh, 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 five five and one. All right. Oh my bad. All right. They lost against the Jets. Oh look at that. Uh, no, I think they were ten and one. And were they, they were 10, ten and one? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously they throughout the entire thing we would always chip away at them like they'll find they find ways to win but there's nothing convincing about their way of playing football um but now that it's kind of like imploded now all of a sudden, that's a great word for it yeah that's a great word for it now all of a sudden they're finding ways to lose like the games they'd find out they'd find a way to win they're, they're, that's no longer happening and now all of a sudden everything's just uh snowballing on them and it, obviously during the playoffs it's going to be magnified to a greater extent how those players in, the, in that locker room take it obviously they have the leadership of jason kelsey and jalen hurts there but eh, i mean it's not looking solid for that team right now no especially coming off that loss with with arizona <laughs> and um, you know we talk about we talked about with tampa bay like or, or specifically with nfc south who hmm. would have thought potentially two teams making in on the flip side not me the <laughs> if the bills win this week They'll wrap up the AFC East and they will get the two seed. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought at six and six after right. that loss to Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. Who would have ever thought that they had the opportunity to to win the two to take the two seed? Right, that's unbelievable to me. I mean, everything, literally everything, has fallen their way. Yep. I mean, obviously they've had to win the games, and, right. and you know, kudos to them. But everything they've needed to have happen has has done so. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a scenario where they get the two seed, and there's a scenario where they don't make the, playoffs, the playoffs at all completely. That's it's insane. Crazy. Yep, that's crazy to yep. me as well. Um, for the Bills, obviously, back when they were six and six, I think we took a look at their schedule, and we were it like, was well, that, "That was that was not a schedule." And they've won every game. Yep, that was not. We, I, I personally said that I think two and three or three and two or whatever, like mm-hmm. that would be good right. based on the teams that they were playing. Mm-hmm. And they freaking went like five and oh, I think at this point. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, I mean, this is back when uh, I, you still had hopes for the Jets. To, yeah, to yeah. Get move on. Move, so, on. We'll move, move on. Move on. <laughs> so that's why we were going at it so closely on that yeah. on that schedule making. But I mean, the Bills, they, they've after they got back to 500, they turned it on. They, I think. And I feel like this is where the MVP race for Josh, the MVP case for on uh, Josh Allen comes in because he kind of like lifted lifted the, the entire team up and kind of done it him, himself in a running back sort of fashion. So, but that's that's what I was just gonna say. I, I would counter that and say it hasn't oh. been him. It's been Joe Brady. It's been their offensive coordinator, and it's mm-hmm. been the emergence of um, James Cook, the running back. Mm-hmm. Because the game, like cow, the Cowboy game. He won that game. Right. Josh Allen, like I said, seven completions mm-hmm. under 100 yards. Right. James Cook dominated that game. Right. Um, no, I agree with you. Yeah. And yeah so it's I, just Joe Brady. Is... Joe Brady has completely, in my opinion, it's been him. He's completely turned around the flow of their offense. No, I agree with you. It's just that, that at that point where you see a team go four and oh, five and oh against the, this daunting. Oh, and this where is it where. Comes in. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. This is where we go. Oh, the quarterback deserves all the credit for this rather than looking at it. Exactly. And this is where the media kind of gets a little bit lazy with with dishing out where the awards should actually go to. Yeah. And that's kind of the point where I've been making. But so for me, yeah, Josh Allen, I don't think there's a case for him. Um, Maybe if you want to bring up his name, we'll talk about it, but it's going to get shut down real quick. (laughs) So, I mean, in terms of what the Bills and the entire AFC is doing right now, to me, It'd be crazy if the Bills don't make the playoffs because I feel like they're 
probably the second most dangerous team in that in that whole conference. Agreed. Right, right, right behind the Ravens. Agreed completely. So, all right, I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot here. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. No, fantastic. There's four divisions that are undecided. Okay. Okay. So we got the AFC East and the AFC South, and then okay. we have the NFC East and the NFC South. Okay. The East and the South. Yep. So okay. I want you to pick who is going to win each division. So AFC East, you got the Bills and the Dolphins. Bills are winning. Winner takes winner takes Bills. that division. Okay. So you got the Bills. <laughs> because that's my pre preseason prediction. Well, all right. Yeah, you've been riding that all year. Forgot about that. <laughs> um, AFC South, you have Jacksonville, um, Indianapolis, and Houston. All three can still win the division. Right. right. Who do you got? Oh, see, th- this is this is bad for the Jaguars because with CJ Stroud's emergence, this is—I feel like this is it for the Jaguars. If you don't win the division this year, I yeah, feel like this is this is all of a sudden going to be CJ Stroud's division to, well, to take. Well, you could argue the same thing with if Anthony Richardson comes back. Uh, see, what the thing is with Indy, they've made it this far with Gardner Minshew, yeah. and I don't know how much Anthony Richardson is going to, I guess, elevate that team. Yeah. To be honest with you, I mean, during that that time he was here, uh, playing for what first four weeks, five Couple weeks, weeks, yeah, yeah. He, he was injury prone. He was still making a little bit of uh, rookie mistakes. Obviously, we didn't have a full season of him. But yeah. at this, at, I'm not sure if if Anthony Richardson was healthy all season, if the Colts would be nine and seven. I agree. I'm not I sure about that. that. Yep. I agree with that. And then in terms of what the Jaguars are doing, it's like I feel like they're the ones with the pressure on them. Um, oh, it's no doubt, and especially considering you know Trevor Lawrence is not healthy. Exactly, it hasn't even been announced if he's going to play this week or mm-hmm. not. So, I mean, who who do the Jaguars play this week? Tennessee. Tennessee. Oof. And then, obviously, Indy and Houston play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go with the Jaguars. I, 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 think I, they'll, I think they'll beat Tennessee. I'm leaning that way as well. Right, yeah. But, honestly, I, yeah, it, it's <laughs> – I wouldn't be surprised if any of those three teams went, to be yep. honest with you. Yep. Um, so. All right, NFC East. NFC Cowboys East. Cowboys win, and they have the division. The Eagles would need obviously a Cowboys loss and an Eagles win. Cowboys are up Cowboys against the play the Commanders. Right. The Eagles play the Giants. Yep, I'm going Cowboys. I, I think there's more security there. Um, even though I don't like how any either team, I agree, is playing. Um, the Cowboys obviously lost to what, Miami, and then Miami got blown out by the Ravens, and then Cowboys, I guess, got bailed out yeah. against Detroit. Yeah, um, they lost to Detroit, but it counted as a win. Exactly. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish the Eagles would have won against Arizona, so this would have been a little bit easier for yeah. me to, to I guess, digest. Like, Eagles are maybe turning a little bit around. But I'll, I'll stick with the Cowboys beating the Commanders and securing up uh, that East division. Okay. Last but not least, your division that you have the most interest in, the NFC South, you have obviously Tampa. If they win, they get the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints and the Falcons who play each other. Mm-hmm. Both need a little bit of help. Right. Who you got? Um, what, what, what kind of fan would it be if I don't say the Saints? All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking at the Panthers. They have nothing to play for. Nope. They, they, they've, they've already, Zero. yep. They already lost their, their pick. It's not like they're playing for pay. They're only playing for pride at this point. Um, so I'm not sure. Got shut out by Jacksonville this week. You got shut out by Jacksonville. For what it's worth. Oh, so I mean, if you remember, I picked them when they got their second win. Yeah, I was what? flabbergasted by that. <laughs> Absolutely, just baffled. So oh, mad. So mad. Oh, that made me. That made me laugh. That made me chuckle. Uh, I just had to bring that up. Sorry, yeah, but um, I, I don't. 
I don't feel the Panthers are going to win this game, so I feel like the Bucks are probably going to win the division. Yeah. Um, it sets so, up too perfectly for them. Yeah. The, the fact that they have to play the the Panthers with yeah. the division on the line, I just think that they're you know there's yeah, no there's no stopping that. Right. Yeah. It's it's it'll be a choke job. Oh my gosh. Of, of epic proportions. Right. If they lose to the Panthers yeah. to to get knocked out of the playoffs Agreed. entirely. Agreed. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Bucks winning the division um, as much as it hurts me to say, but okay. But yeah, that's the way I'll go. Either of the team, any of the teams that you think that need help. So we've talked about teams that are just winning in, but the teams that need help. So we got the Seahawks, the saints, the Falcons, the Steelers, mm-hmm. any of those teams that you think are actually going to get the help that they need and, and squeak in. <sighs> See the Steelers, it's it's it's, it's either or. It's right. it's not both. It's either Jacksonville or right. Buffalo. Either one of those teams have to lose. See, and that's but the, the thing. Steelers are playing the Ravens, and are so that's a whole other storyline. What are the Ravens? Are they going to play their starters? They have zero to play for. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, th- this is a good opportunity for me to bring up Mike Tomlin again. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Seventeen straight seasons without a losing record. Unbelievable. I never, I never would have imagined them going. Um, with a, a winning record, having a winning record at the end of the year yeah. with the team that they had, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, I mean, kudos to him. Even with the win, winning record, he's moved on from his from Kenny Pickett a little bit. Um, gone, gone, gone on. Who's he starting now? Rudolph? Mason, Mason Rudolph, Rudolph, who's played, who, I mean, it's been an offensive explosion the last two weeks. Right. So, I mean, it, it's Mike Tallman has has the juju of, of all jujus, yep. I feel like. He, he's just a man. So the Steelers, as much as I don't like them, I guess as a football team, Mike Tomlin just says, "Get out of here." Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but lo- the Jaguars and the Bills losing, or either or, and them winning, I find that. I see, if anyone loses, it's the Bills against Miami. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're out of the playoff. That, that's just nasty to me. That's crazy. That's right? just nasty. To that's me. crazy. That's, that's so silly. I think the Steelers have a I'd put I'd put it at 30%. I hope so here's what I hope. I hope the Steelers win so that there's actual pressure on the Bills for the Sunday night cuz they're the last game of the of the week, the mm-hmm. last game of the regular season right. Sunday night football. For the division, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if the Steelers and the and the and the Jags both win, then it's not only for the division, it's also to get in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Which is just crazy. So that would be so much more entertaining. Obviously, it's still entertaining if you know the if they're already in and the winner gets the division. That's still super entertaining. Mm-hmm. But if you know that if you lose, you're completely out. Yeah. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that's, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. As a as a fan of not that team. Right. That's, that's awesome. Oh. So that's what I hope happens. Yeah. I'm not I mean, saying I want the Bills to lose because obviously if the Jets aren't in, I I thoroughly enjoy rooting for the Bills. It'd be such a turnstile of the season of what they've just it would be accomplished. Cu- 100% totally on par with their season. Yep. Um, but I mean, yeah, I put it at 30%. I, I, I think the bills are going to win and I feel like the Jaguars are going to win. I just, but if there's one team that's pro- maybe has a chance of losing, it's, it's the bills and the Steelers might squeak in there, but I put it at 30%. I'm not going high. So for me, it's either the saints or the Seahawks. Hmm. Um, because I really like green Bay's chances of losing to Chicago. <laughs> Spoiler which, we are, which we already talked about. Spoiler. Let me look at my notes. That's my upset for the week. Look at that. Wishful thinking on your part, is it? Yes, I'm trying to back up. Yeah. 
So I, so obviously, if Green Bay loses, that opens the door for either Seattle or the Saints. Right. Both of those teams obviously would have to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so common sense would say, I think Seattle has a chance to get in, but I also really think they have a shot at losing to the Cardinals. Oh, absolutely. Which, which, you know, normally teams that like the Saints win, they need two teams to lose. That's not super likely, mm-hmm. but I actually don't don't hate their chances on right. paper. Um, so I would say I would say either the Saints or the Seahawks, just because I think it's likely that, that the Packers lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my vote. Okay. All right. Anything else that you? I think we pretty much covered it from every angle. Um, yeah, anything yeah. else you want to do before we go over power rankings? I do not have anything in terms of the NFL playoff picture. Okay. All right. Who do you got for your top five? It's pretty much locked. I mean, it's pretty much locked up at this point. But who do you who do you have for your top five? You think so? Okay. I'm about to throw a wrench in your in your power rankings. Oh yeah. So number one, I Cleveland got the Ravens. Browns. Oh okay. <laughs> you and your Cleveland Browns. Just, just you wait. <laughs> number two, Cleveland Browns. No, I got the 49ers okay. there still. Okay. Number three, I got the Cleveland Browns. So do I. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, my man. Yeah. <laughs> so number four, I actually have the Bills at, at number you're, four. You're crazy. Uh, just because of how hot they've been, I feel like that's a team that nobody wants to face right now. Okay, so here here's how similar we are. Okay. I, that was my first gut instinct <laughs> really? was to put them at number four. But then I think about watching the game against New England. Uh huh. It was an ugly game. Oh yeah. They didn't. They and so it's that inconsistency. If if they hadn't played Bailey freaking Zappy, who threw the ball to the Bills more than he threw it to the to the Patriots, uh-huh. they probably would have lost that game. Every right. other quarterback, they 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 did not play well. So that's that's the part where I'm like the inconsistency. Just makes me so dang nervous. Like, yeah, they're on a what is it, four game winning streak? They're one win from getting the playoffs. They're mm-hmm. they're a dangerous team, but that inconsistent. And and I I may have already said this on the show last week. I don't remember, but I I told my my brother in law this. Nobody plays to the level of their competition like the Buffalo Bills. Right? Did I already say that? Uh, I can't remember. I don't. I don't remember if I did either. Right. But, but that's that's not a good thing. Right. I mean, it it is when you get in the playoffs. Right. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those. I mean, you look at back when they were six and six, and they turn it on. I feel like they know kind of when to turn it on. So I'm kind of giving yeah, giving that. them the benefit of the doubt for for that. Okay. Um. So especially them being the last game of, of the regular season, they'll know what needs to happen for them to get in or win the division. I feel like they'll they'll be up to the task. Okay. More so than Miami has been looking recently. And the number five, I. I went back and forth on this one, but I went with the Lions over the okay. Cowboys. Okay. Just because <laughs> I feel like if if there was a rematch, I feel like the Lions might actually win that game. Yep. A little bit more convinced than the Lions were. did win that game. Exactly. That's the crazy part. Like, so I so okay. So I'm just gonna get to mine because we're very, very similar. Uh-huh. Ravens, 49ers, Cleveland at three, okay. Detroit four, Cowboys five. Okay. Because of the exact same thing that you just said. Yep. I mean, in my mind. The Lions won that game. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me what you can't tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, and again, same thing. Like especially if it's in Detroit, the the the, the Lions are winning that game, right? So, um, I I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, look at that. All right, look at that. Same brain, <laughs> same brain. All right, so this is our last edition of well i guess not technically it doesn't have to be but the fantasy season for all intensive purposes is over if your championship is week 18 sorry uh, uh, yeah, yeah sorry about you get out of that league yes yeah <laughs> move so you, on your league should be over yep. after this week yep 
Um, so last week of studs and duds, I have the studs this week. Jeff gave me the honor because I actually made it to a championship game this year. Yeah, I did not. Um, he did not for the first time, I think, in ever our adult relationship ever. <laughs> like we, I, as long as I've known this dude, he's never not made it to a championship or won at least one league. Right. Um, first time for everything. Yep, I made it, but I didn't win. Sad day. No, you got money out of it. I did. I, I won some money for for my second place finish. So. Mm. I'll take it, but um, all right. So quarterback studs, we got Lamar Jackson. Already talked about him. He's the MVP. Thirty-six point three four points. He had three hundred twenty-one yards, five touchdowns. He had I think thirty or forty rushing yards as well. Mm. Um, so great day there. Jordan Love, who balled out on Sunday Night Football, twenty-eight points. He had two hundred fifty-six yards, three passing touchdowns. Also had a rushing touchdown. Um, running back Kyron Williams, who really for the Rams has kind of just come out of nowhere the right. last five or six weeks. Um, and Ben, really the catapult for their offense. Um, he had 30.1 points, 87 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, he pretty much put the nail in the coffin for beating me in my fantasy league this week. He had 29.5 <laughs> points, 130 rushing yards, 35 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. Um, so he he pretty much did it all for Kansas City this week. Um, wide receiver CeeDee Lamb had a phenomenal game. Um, 227 receiving yards and a touchdown. He did lose a fumble on the stupid. Can we talk about that rule for a minute? Stupid rule. So if you fumble it into the end zone, mm-hmm. the other team gets the ball at their own 20 yard line. Right. That makes no sense to me. Why? Why are we? Why does that explain the rationale for that decision? It's the stupidest call in all of football. I I do not like that rule in that. It rule, makes no sense. Rule. Yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, like, okay, if you fumble it, if you fumble it forward and it goes out of the end zone, like give it back at like the line of scrimmage, like don't give them the yards gained or, or some like to give the other team the ball when they didn't recover it. Mm -hmm. I I just makes, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah. It's because if the ball, like, let's just say the ball went out just before the pylon, they'll get the the ball back. Right. Right there. Right there. Yep. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. I get so angry when I see that happen in the NFL mm-hmm. because it makes nobody can explain that rule. Isn't there a rule also where you can't advance a fumble? Correct. So like, I find that so weird where it, the ball advances and all of a sudden it counts as an advancement yeah. because it's going into the end zone. Yep. So I agree with that. I honestly, I'd, I'd be a lot more lenient and be like, wherever he lost a fumble and, and just put it there. Like if that's at the one yard line, one inch line, whatever you want to call it. I'd, I'd put it there. I wouldn't even punish him for, for fumbling it, right. to be honest with you. Just wherever he lost the fumble. It just makes no sense to me. So, yep. all right. Tangent done. <laughs> uh-huh. um, second on the wide receiver stud list was Devontae Adams. He had a great game. Thirty, uh, excuse me, 37.6 points, 13 catches, 126 yards, two touchdowns. He's making a good connection there with Aiden McConnell. He is. So, yeah. Took a while, but um, right. they're getting there. Tight end who, and this guy really, the last two weeks specifically, has come on super strong is Jawan Johnson from the hey, Saints. New Orleans. Yep. yep. Um, he had 23 points. He had eight catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he has been, I would say, Derek Carr's preferred target the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, even with Chris Olave, he's. I mean, Carr is looking at him first. It seems like from what I from what I can tell. I feel like with Derek Carr's red zone struggles, he needs to look for the bigger body. And yep. That's usually going to be the tight end. And I mean, Jimmy Graham had like a three touchdown uh, game streak for a little bit there, and then all of a sudden now Jawan Johnson is taking over the 
So, yep, especially in the red zone. Yep. And then um, Isaiah Likely, he only had two catches, but he made the most of it. He had two touchdowns and 42 yards receiving, so he had 18.2 points. Look at that. Um, so that's very efficient. <laughs> um, and then the defense is the Texans over who did they play? The Texans? Was it the Titans? Uh, could be. I think it was. Um, they had 21 points. They had six sacks, um, a fumble recovery, and a defensive touchdown. Okay. And then the Bills, we already kind of talked about it. They had three intercept. They had 19 total points. They had three interceptions, a fumble recovery, and a defensive touchdown. Um, so they had their way with yep, Bailey Zappi. It was the Titans. Titans. Yeah, I thought so. And the um, Bailey Zappi and the Patriots. Right. So they had their way with them. Okay. So duds. So this is where I was stand. My players were standing for most of the year. Jared Goff leading, <laughs> leading the. <laughs> Leading the duds for me right now. 19 for 34, 271 yards, uh, one TD, two, two INTs. Um, not a terrible stat line for an in-game reality, but for fantasy purposes, yeah, that's not going to win not you anything. Yeah, that's not going to win you anything. Patrick Mahomes, I know he's probably like the number one quarterback. That was probably taken off the off the, off the the board along yep. with like Josh Allen or something. Um, 21 for 29, 245 yards, and one TD. So not much even throughout the whole year. So... Uh, disappointing season for Mahomes fantasy wise. Uh, running backs, Austin Eckler. Uh, obviously, he was oh, like he was like a top what five pick season long dud. Yep, thirteen attempts for forty six yards, one reception for four yards, and he had a fumble loss. So um, he had like four points. So that was didn't he come back on a one year deal? <sighs> or maybe maybe I'm making that up because he was a holdout for part. He of was the, a holdout part of the off season, and I'm not sure now if he's a free agent mm-hmm. or if he's it, it's better it'd be better for him if he's under contract because. He really didn't do a whole lot this season to bolster his uh, off season, right? Yeah, his free agent status, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, another one, Derrick Henry. He's getting a little bit up there in age, but he's only had 12 attempts for uh, 42 yards, and that's basically it. He's kind of he's been on and off. Um, I, I honestly don't know when the Titans decided to use him and when they don't, um, or when they decided to lean more on Spears. Um, the, uh, other running back yep. in that committee. Yep. And then lastly, I got Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, he he probably got you to a championship. He did. But, I'm sure he did. You know, but he did not perform during that championship. He had 15 attempts for 43 yards, one reception for three yards. So um, didn't have much production. But, I mean, are you really, really going to blame the guy for getting you there? I, no. I hope not. No. <laughs> uh, in terms of wide receivers. That's, you know what's funny? Sorry. That's kind of how yep. I felt about Amari Cooper. I was, <laughs> I was so – livid when he, i saw that he was out thursday against mm-hmm. the jets but then i'm like you know what he got me 52 points last week you go you go take the day off <laughs> take the day off go ahead go you go put your feet up like you you earned it you got me here you go you go take the day off yep, like that's literally like i was like oh you gotta be kidding me I, but then i'm like you know what that's okay yep you did your job you got me here and now the other the team has to step up and they did not they did but, not. but I, it's funny that you say that because i kind of that's kind of how i felt when i saw that he was out right like i mean you obviously want your performance to perform but at the same yeah. time how mad can you get can yeah. you get when you get you to the to the land where only two people get you right so but yeah wide receivers i got chris olave only three receptions for 26 yards yeah Romeo Dobbs, who i feel like a lot of us thought he was going to be the number one receiver there with jordan love yep. in green bay but i he, sure did Yep, he only had three receptions for 28 yards. And Stephon Diggs, he, he kind of limped uh, throughout the second half of the, of the season. Um, he had four receptions for 26 yards. He was on my NFL team, uh, Fantasy League, so yep. where I, I got fourth place in that league. But 
I mean, if he would have showed up even a little bit like he did in the first half of the year, uh, um, that would definitely have been a different outcome for he, me. He had a streak going, and I don't know if he ended up breaking it, but it was like four or five consecutive games, might have even been longer than that, mm-hmm. of under 100 receiving yards. And I think I think it probably continued to the end of to the end of as we speak because mm-hmm. I don't know um, if I can't think of the last time he's at 100 yards. Yeah, I, I think I was looking at a stat line and like six of the last seven games he he's he's held like under eight points or yeah. something. Yeah, and that one game he I think he had only had a touchdown that kind of like spiked up his his point production, but I don't remember how many yards he had. I don't think it was 100 though. But yeah, Diggs kind of limped during the he second sure half did. of the of the year. And then tight end Travis Kelsey. Um, I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I would say I don't want. I don't know what happened with the Chiefs, but I kind of do. Um, they kind of figured out that you shut down Kelsey, uh, and the other weapons around him aren't producing to the level that a supporting cast should have, especially years prior with Kansas City. There's no Tyree Kill there, obviously. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he had three receptions for 16 yards. Um, pretty mediocre. Sorry, Nick. So, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little sadness yeah. on that one. I really was relying on him. Right, I was winning going into that game. Right. I mean, and this goes back to our trade back when I had Kelsey and Laporta. But I had the top two fantasy tight ends. Yeah. So I mean, I thought Kelsey was going to get injured, but. He, Instead, he got shut down, and that kind of, I guess, prevented him from injuring himself because he wasn't necessarily doing as much. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things so, where yeah, Kansas so, City offense just got shut down. So it's it's a it's that, but I also think it's also a combination of two other guys who it you know that's the easy narrative uh-huh. you know, is you know the 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 Kansas City offense they have no weapons, but I also think when you talk about Isaiah Pacheco. And Rasheed Rice, like if you look at Rice Rice's stat line specifically, he has become the de facto number one mm-hmm. in in that offense. So I think, to your point, people are shutting him down and making sure he's not the reason that they lose. Right. But it's also become a little easier for Mahomes because Pacheco and Rice are stepping up. Yeah, and, and I mean they needed to. Obviously, they, they ha- still look terrible. Right. The offense still looks disjointed. Yep. I'm not trying to say that they figured it out and those two guys are now the go-tos by any right. means. But I think that it's been a little bit easier for him because they've taken a little bit of the load. Mm-hmm. When you shift a whole offensive scheme off your tight end to say a receiver and a running back, it's it's going to take some time to adjust. And it's just one of those things where obviously Rasheed Rice is coming on late and Isaiah Pacheco has been there throughout the, throughout the a, year. He's a stud. He's a, he's a stud. It's just, uh, he's I'm like that little energizer bunny mm-hmm. dude. Just like when he runs, he cracks me up. <laughs> um, but he's he's a beast. Yeah, I'm not. I, the thing is, I'm not sure if Kansas City is sold on running the ball 100 no, of the time because not. of because of Mahomes, right? So it it, it becomes more it becomes a hindrance, I guess, their offensive scheme against Pacheco, unfortunately. Yep. So, but yep. And then defensively, I got the Dolphins in there. Uh, obviously, they allowed 56 points. They had one fumble recovery and one sack, but the 56 points kind of chucked them down to negative seven. Yep. So. And they also lost Bradley Chubb. Yep, ACL to, a, to a torn ACL. So that's huge um, for not only the matchup with the Bills, but mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah. So defensively, I think I was like looking at their fantasy stats, and they're like the sixth highest highest scoring defense. So yep. I found that surprising. Yeah, me too. But at the same time, I, I was like, well, I guess that makes them a little competent when it, when it comes going into the playoffs. But at the same time, losing Bradley Chubb, that's that's a big 
especially from a leadership aspect as well. That's a that's a big loss. So it's we'll see how huge. And we've seen how Miami, I guess, plays against stiffer competition competition. Yep. So we'll see how how that works. Yep. All right, that that wrap it up? Yep. All right, so that wraps up our fantasy football perspective of this season, really. Um, So let us know, you know, I want to do more with the fantasy part of the show. Mm -hmm. In my mind, at the beginning of the season, we were going to, I probably was a little bit more involved than what we ended up doing. Right. Um, So, you know, I'd love some suggestions on how to to make that portion of the show um, a little bit better because I know there's a lot of people that listen that, that play fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Um, so any suggestions there we would love um, for, for next season. Um, so games to look out for next this week. It's pretty easy to highlight the big, the big two. Yeah. I think there's two yep, big so ones. Which one you got? So I got the bills in Miami. So obviously that's going to be the last game of the regular season. That's yep. going to deter- determine the division winner. Yep. Um, it might even uh, determine the bills playoff, playoff hopes. hopes. Yeah. So I, it's there's going to be a lot riding on that game. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see if the Bills, as we discussed, can obviously they won, but if they can rebound from that sluggish performance that they gave the Patriots. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if they went in with the mentality of it's just the Patriots, um, steamroll them, they're coming in hot, whatever. But obviously with Miami, they just got embarrassed. Um, they they they. They they gotta at least play for something, especially after getting steamrolled like that. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they dished it out to Denver earlier in the season. That was a big topic back when that happened. Um. So and obviously Denver rebounded. Um. So it's now Miami's turn to rebound from a blowout loss. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens during this game. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think you know, obviously having nothing to win the gain or to lose from this, you know, just being a casual fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly the type of game that you want to watch mm-hmm. where there's, there's a lot on the line. Um, and same thing with, with the other game that, that I highlighted Indianapolis versus Houston, the winner is in the playoffs and potentially has a chance to win, win the division, depending on what Jacksonville does. Right. This game got flexed to one of the Saturday games. So it's the late Saturday game. I think it's at eight 15 mm-hmm. um, ESPN. It's their like Saturday version of Monday night football. Um, so it's going to be a phenomenal game, huge stakes. Um, CJ Stroud versus Will Levis, though. Not Will Levis. Uh, oh, they moved on. Again, no, Indianapolis. Who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Thank you. Yep. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Both teams, you could argue. I mean, their coaches could win Coach of the Year. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a phenomenal game. Um, and so I'm really excited for that matchup as well. So those are the two big ones with probably the biggest implications um, going into the last week of the season. Right. Yep. Awesome. So we will wrap it up. This is just a formality at this point with our <laughs> with our picks. Not for me. I think. Um, this. So I went one and one last week. I would should have gone two and oh because, you know, I got the, the, the screw- I got screwed just like Detroit got screwed. So I feel your pain, Detroit. <laughs> Um, I had them as my upset. So I went one and one, which puts me at 14 and 14. Um, I had Look at that, Mr. That, consistent. I know. Yeah. Call it that. <laughs> um, I had, who did I have? So I, I had Detroit at over the Cowboys as my upset. Mm-hmm. I had the Niners over the commanders as my lock. Um, and then Jeff went one and one last week to put him at 18 and 10. Oof. He had the bills over the pet, the Patriots as his lock. Mm-hmm. And you had the Raiders as your upset over the Colts. And they did not, they lost by they three. Did not win. Almost pulled it out. Almost pulled it out. So you have officially clinched 
the season one picks championship. So go pound salt. Go pound salt. Um, <laughs> so we'll do some picks. We'll do this week, just the last week to wrap it up. Um, so my lock, I have the Cowboys over the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, Commanders have nothing to play for. Cowboys have everything to play for. Um, so that one goes without saying. And then my upset, I kind of already leaked in the beginning of the show. I have the Cardinals over the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, Seahawks are our three-point favorite, and they're on the road. They're they're at Arizona. Uh-huh. So that surprised me a little bit, that line. Um, but that's my upset, Cardinals over Seattle. Look at that. All right. Well, my lock is the Lions over the Vikings. Um, obviously, like the Cowboys, the Lions are basically right there, 11-5, yep. um, playing for home field advantage throughout, or not throughout, but at least one more game. On one more stage into the playoffs, um, over the Viking or over the Vikings and the Cowboys. So I had the Lions over the Vikings, eliminating the Vikings hope, um, without without doubt. And then upset, I got the Bears over the Packers. Packers are favored by by three points. Um, it's just one of those things where I feel like the Bears are showing showing up at the right time and kind of yep. figuring things out. Yep. Uh, I I heard they're going to give uh, Tressman another another year. Oh, did really? Uh, that's what I heard. I can't remember where, but I heard from somewhere. Um, but yep, I, I I feel like continuity is probably going to help that that team. Um, so the Bears over the Packers. Okay. All right. Well, we'll recap that next week and see if I get to twenty. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> see if I get to twenty. Oh, I just need to put that shot in there. Whatever. Um, all right. So we will be back next week to, well, you know, obviously during the big, uh, who the heck's playing Miami and Miami and, Miami and Bill's Buffalo. game. Um, gosh, you got me so rattled. I hate losing to you. Oh, I hate losing to you. Oh, I might've lost in fantasy, but I won in something. Um, all right. So we will be back next Sunday as we always are during the Sunday night game bills mm-hmm. at the dolphins breaking down by then we should pretty much know all the matchups yeah. um and i don't think we'll have times released yet at that point it's normally middle of the night like monday mm-hmm. um but if we do we'll break all that down as well for the first round of the playoffs um and then we will be back every sunday during the, the three the three first rounds breaking down the action right and then obviously we'll do something after the super bowl to pretty much wrap up the season the season yep um all right well we went long i kind of thought we would Um, we had a lot that we wanted to go over this week obviously jeff being gone there was a lot that we wanted to catch up on there's a lot of conversation we have not had correct yeah that wasn't necessarily related to this week but just action in general right um but i thought it was good i thought it was needed so we will be back um lots of good football next week so uh, buckle up and enjoy and we'll be back to cover it all with you guys next week peace out peace out go saints Thanks for listening to What Did They Know podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.